Matthew Stafford cannot stay healthy in the back end of his career. So the Los Angeles Rams need to have quarterback out of Oregon, Bo Nix, on their draft radar for the 2024 NFL Draft. And we're going to tell you why next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson. Always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on X at DP underscore NFL. My national scout over with the Draft Network. And I got to kick it over to my guy, Mr. LSU, 2019 national champion with them LSU Bengal Tigers, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on X at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst with the Draft Network, man. And what the other side to this dynamic duo, man, for the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, man. I want to say shout out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping it, man. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you comment, man, and talk to us because we talk back. DP, we about to get this show started, man, because we had an action-packed Saturday. We're going to start this thing off with the draft radar, then we're going to stock up, stock down, talk about some of these prospects that are elevating, and you want to pay close attention to that, and then we're going to get into the game ball, which guys put on shows. We had some SEC records. We had multiple SEC records. Let's see if those guys take home the game ball, but before we get in that, DP, why don't you hit them with our title sponsor? Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. And, guys, thank you all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout out for being on every day, as Keith said. But, Keith, Draft Radar, man, you know, when you look at the – it was just a couple years ago, the Los Angeles Rams – Won the Super Bowl. They made the trades, getting rid of you know trading off Jared Goff to bring in Matthew Stafford, right? With Cooper Cup and the and the players that they have on this team, you know what they went and got Vaughn Miller. They went all in. They went all in and they got the chip, right? They got the ring against Joe Burrow and, and the Cincinnati Bengals, but they haven't had the success since then. Matthew Stafford's been battling injuries, what his back, shoulder. Now I think it's a, a thumb, and it's like, what do they need in the twenty twenty four NFL draft? They need to find a quarterback in the future, right? They selected Georgia's Stetson Bennett, who's, who came off of two back-to-back national championships You're in the guy. fourth round. Your guy. Nah, that's not my guy. <laughs> <laughs> they drafted him in the fourth round. But he's not the answer, right? He's like almost 30 already. Like, he's not the answer for this team. They need to find a guy. And I, and I think back to Sean McVay and what I know about this offense. you got Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. Uh, offensive line is solid. Keith, in the 2024 draft, their draft radar should be or should be pointed towards or against Bo Nix, Keith. I think Bo Nix, you put him in this offense with Sean McVay, under center stuff, of course, from the shotgun, a lot of run action, just advantageous passing opportunities for the quarterback, right? Where you talk about Puka Nakua on crossers, up the seam, down the field, same thing with Cooper Cup. These two dudes... Like everybody wondered if they could mesh well together. Well, they have, right? We've seen the we've seen both of these dudes have big games since uh Cooper Cup returned healthy to the lineup, but they just need a quarterback of the future. I think with Bo Nix has what's you know, you've been, you know, you remember from recruiting. He was like a four or five star recruit. He was yeah, he, a highly he, you know, recruited he, kid. 
he was a five. So Bo Nix, Bo Nix was a five star recruit um, out of Pinson Valley. He went to the same high school as uh, as Kool-Aid McKinstry. Right. Um, and, and just a big time high school out there in Alabama. But also his daddy's a, a, a really famous head coach out there, too. So he's a coach's son. I think his daddy played football at Auburn. Also, at Auburn, yeah. Yeah, play quarterback at Auburn. So this guy, when you talk about pedigree, right, he has a lot of it. And, and I can see, DP, this being a thing because you know how the quote-unquote quarterback guru head coaches are about the quarterbacks, right? They, they're going to fall in love with that type of thing. Like, like yeah. all of those, you know, things are going to, like, weigh heavily, right? Oh, he's, a, you know, a quarterback's son, uh, he, you know, coach's son, and former five-star, like, you know, all of those things, he's going to do that. They DP, get excited. I you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you – the, the throws and the concepts that Sean McVay has in this offense, can you see Bo Nix executing it? No, I, I definitely could see him doing it. I think he could do that at a high level, too. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, you know, especially with the crossers, having the arm talent. And, and that was kind of the thing, right? Those drive throws that where – and Jared Goff has a good arm, but you had some questions with him throwing those deep end cuts and stuff like that in the middle of the field between the hashes. And then Matthew Stafford came in. And he's just, you know, knocking them out, you know, just really uh, driving those throws in. Bo Nix can do the same thing. And he's more mobile than both of those guys. So thinking about Sean McVay factoring that into his game plan and structuring the offensive concepts to get more QB zone read, get him on the perimeter, right? Just do more creative things and, and saying to himself, like, I have, if, if they were to draft him, like, you know what? Second, well, first of all, let's put this in context. I'm not saying you take Bo Nix top 10 because right now the, the the Los Angeles Rams is projected to have a top 10 pick. I'm not saying you take him top 10. Second round, you know, if he's available or if you trade back, get, you know, get some more, you know, uh, draft picks or whatever, and you take him back into the first, right, and you get to recoup an extra second in the first for the next year, whatever, whatever, cool. I'm not saying you take him top 10. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback but i do think second round late first you because you get that extra fifth year option with him keith where you feel comfortable like, okay i got some contract control as he's developing and as he's taking a step forward but i just think in this offense they could do some some really creative things with him, and that he can kind of not only will he fit this scheme but with his actual physical traits he can kind of ascend the scheme a little bit as well so i think sean McVay could have uh could have some fun with this with this kind of dual threat type of quarterback, because we've seen him when he's like really in his bag. Like, I think it was a couple runs this year. I think he had like a 70 yard run this year. Yeah, yeah, DP, this is a guy that was a dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. He wasn't just the number one overall prospect. He was a dual threat guy. So you definitely want to see his legs. And then Auburn fans know if there any Auburn fans listening, that's kind of how he made his way at Auburn, right? It was kind of scrambling for his life and trying to figure some stuff out, man. But luckily that process has transitioned with Oregon, right? And he's able to you're able to see his real tools, skill sets as a quarterback. So I, I, I if if he can fit in this system, I don't mind that fit at all because I think he's a perfect kind of segue guy and it gives him some time to learn whether that's a year or two with man. And then Keith, I wanted to ask you, because what we saw at Auburn, right? Like I know mm-hmm. it's a tale of two different guys, right? Because at Auburn, like it nothing was really good around him either, right? Like you know what I mean? The, the offensive no, line no was shaky. Frankly. There was no Troy Franklin. <laughs> Yeah, like there was no Troy. It was no was Troy, Troy Franklin. He did have Tank Bigsby and stuff. Like he had some good running backs, and they could run the ball, right? But they just didn't have the wide receiver weapon. So it's like that's why for me, I think he will be a a fit for the Rams. Now, for in terms of his draft stock, I don't want him going to a situation where the cupboard is bare in terms of receiving options, right? Because I don't know if he's that type of passer 
that can elevate average weapons. And he, heck, you look at him compared to Bryce. Bryce was a better passer, and we're watching Bryce struggle with the right. Carolina Panthers. Right. But I won't even know if I'll call that average what they have at wide receiver in Carolina. So, like, that's my main thing. Is like, you know, for me, it's like, okay, put him in an offense with two bona fide stud receivers, you know what I'm saying? And, a, and Tyler Higby at tight end and the play action game, bootlegs and different things like that. Though that, you know, Kevin O'Connell system, uh, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, all that stuff is so tied together. I think he'll work in that. But again, I want to just temper the expectations for the, for the listeners. Like, guys, I'm not saying that this dude should go top 10 because if you put him in a not so great situation, I think you're going to get not so great results. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, DP. And I'm going to just hurry up and wrap mine up so we can go ahead and transition. But my draft radar guy was Chop Robinson, right? The return of the Chop, man. He came, he made an appearance this weekend against Michigan. And I looked at a team that needed an edge rusher. And I said the New Orleans Saints because y'all continue to swing at the edge rusher position and y'all continue to get it wrong, right? Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner, right? We don't even know how Isaiah Foskey is going to pan out. I know there's been very minimal production to this point. So go ahead and draft Chop Robinson. He's the guy that you want, right, with the with the upside and the potential because they continue to swing at these guys with upside and potential. Two of them came from small schools. Obviously, Isaiah Foskey came from Notre Dame, which is a big brand, but – I think Chop Robinson is the guy that the New Orleans Saints needs off the edge. So I'm go ahead and swing at it again. And, and the way draft process of drafting works, right, is that you never make those picks up, right? You just have to get it right. Like once you spin yeah. them, there's no making it up. Like once it's done, it's done. So I want to send Chop Robinson to the New Orleans Saints. We're talking about like my that. draft radar prospect. I think he'll make a really good combination. They have Brian Brissett, right? Then Cam Jordan is there. I think for another year or two. So allow him to kind of pass the baton as an edge rusher. And he chop would mesh well because chop is more of the that like which we saw this weekend right against Michigan. He had some reps where he beat the offensive lineman out of the stands. That first step quickness was crazy. So it's like, and then I thought back to what we talked about in the summer. You brought up Michael Parsons. I was like, I want to throw that. You know, we don't want to throw that comp on him because then it just you know doesn't set the right expectations. But it's like. Okay, no, I see exactly what you talked about from the summer. And I'm like, yeah, you pair him opposite of Cam Jordan with Brian Brazil. Yeah, that's a, that's a nasty trio, man. Yeah, that's dangerous. That's dangerous, man. But let's keep this dangerous thing going, man. Coming up next, we have our stock up, stock down segment. So we have a few players, man, that, that their draft stock is on a rise. We want to discuss those guys. But we're also going to talk about one guy that we actually talked about last week in the make a statement segment. Um. We're going to have to smash the stock down button. So y'all make sure to stay tuned for that. Guys, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event. But if you wait to the last minute or the last moment, you will be stressed and you will worry. Because at the last minute and moment, you're trying to find the best deals. You're trying to avoid scammers and scalpers, as well as compete with other buyers. You need to check out Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy all tickets. Buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. What do they offer, DP? I'll tell you. Last-minute tickets, zone deals, flash deals. The tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area, and you will love the views from all the seats in the venue. So before you purchase, you know what vantage point you will have, okay? Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a college football fan, you're an NFL draft fan, as you listen to the show, you can go to Clemson this weekend and see Drake May versus the Clemson Tigers for as cheap as $20 on the game time app. So guys, all you need to do is download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Download the game time app, create an account and use the, the code locked on NFL for $20 off 
your first purchase. Keith, my stock, uh, one of my, well, my stock up guy of the week is DJ Uyunglele, quarterback. There we go. DP, we've been I holding on, baby. We've I been holding on. Listen, we were almost out. We probably, almost, we was one foot out, and the second foot was getting out the car, DP. But I'm, let, let's talk about it. I'm glad to hear it. I'm, let's talk Listen, about nah, it. Listen, nah, our guy DJU, man, um, like he's he's just playing good football, man. Just really playing good football over there at Oregon State. And I love kind of what they've done with him, Keith. You talk about the run action, under center, pro style stuff. Not the stuff he was running at Clemson, but like, you know, you just see him the, the play action, five, seven step drops, and just the arm talent, right? The stuff that we want to see, those drive throws, whipping the ball in the middle of the field between the hats. And then when he's when you say, All right, we got a designated deep shot. Okay, we at the 45, at the 50. Let's take a money shot at the end zone. He has the type of arm talent that can do that, and his deep ball accuracy is better and more improved this year from what I've seen compared to last year, which is funny because if you give him some speed, he can stretch the field. I don't, you know, it's just a it's a wild concept, Keith. When you what, give what a quarterback a with a big idea, arm, right? speed. give him give give a, give a quarterback with a with a big arm, right? Another former five star recruit, talented, went to St. John Bosco, battled Bryce Young, big his entire C-O. high school career. Give him some weapons and watch what he does, right? And, and listen, we still want to see the completion percentage go up, right? Because it's still right on that sixty percent threshold. But yeah. I think part of this DP was kind of having to unlearn what he learned, right? And having to kind of, you know, redo that, rewire everything and then kind of go from there and then learn the game. And then also DP, we have to be honest, right? These are humans. So part of that was he had to get his confidence back as a quarterback. And I think that's why you see him elevate. So he's playing efficient football, right? So thus far this season, not crazy numbers, but he's sitting at 20 touchdowns to only four interceptions, right? And we know how NFL teams, especially head coaches, especially, um, Shanahan, right? He 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 right. likes quarterbacks that can not turn the ball over. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I you just really appreciate that situation, and it'd be interesting, right? And you even throw out there, throw another draft radar situation. Minnesota Vikings, right? What are they going to do mm-hmm. at quarterback? And you just bring this guy in just to figure it out. He has Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson to throw the football to, and if you spend them a, a fourth round pick on a D.J. Uagalele. Hey, it's it's it, the risk is worth the reward at that point, right? Because if you hit on this, you have a franchise quarterback moving forward. But DP, what real up? quick, last year in Clemson, twenty five hundred yards passing. So far, with two three games left in this season, he's already at, you know he's he's about two hundred some change away from it. Twenty over twenty two hundred yards. His yards mm-hmm. per attempt went from six point eight to nine point one. He threw twenty two touchdowns all last season. He's already at twenty right now. So. Situation matter, and I think his stock is up. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, look, I'm I'm going to go with a couple of stock up guys for me, and I'm going to go with DP. I texted you Bo Melton. I'm about to get it right, though. Max Melton, the brother of Bo Melton, cornerback for Rutgers. Nobody's talking about him. Why? Because he's tucked in the Northeast playing football at Rutgers. But I do believe, DP, this is a, a starting NFL cornerback, right? This is a guy that I'll probably have a third roundish grade on. I think he can step in and start, and I think he can play multiple schemes. I think this is a zone guy. I think this is a, um, this is a man football player. He's just a natural football player at the cornerback position so for for those and we're introducing a new guy also right in this stock up stock down segment check out max melton man the guy can play football he went up against marvin harrison jr i think he had a pretty decent game against marvin harrison jr so check this guy out he's extremely competitive like i said the brother of bo melton so he understands the whole how the nfl works and that type of situation and you love to just see those bloodlines and those pedigrees so i went max melton and then i doubled down on the cornerback 
situation DP and I went with Kool-Aid McKinstry, man. Just trying to give him like he he's I asked if he's gonna take that step forward, DP. And he's taking that step forward, right? And you watched him in the LSU game because there haven't been a, a lot of for Bam in a weird way after Texas, right? It wasn't a lot of high leverage games, right? We thought Tennessee yeah. would be that, but Tennessee's obviously not the Tennessee of last year, right? So you watched him against LSU, and it's like, man, they play ball, right? Like he like they they play football, and they almost did the Bill Belichick thing where he's slated to take away the number two, and then they kind of doubled the number one, and then oh, LSU yeah. kind of helped in that because they put Malik Neighbors in the slot, but you watched uh kool-aid mckinstry he just got into uh brian thomas right just got into him and we know that brian thomas is an explosive athlete vertically and he showed that he can turn and run with him so i, I was extremely impressed with kool-aid mckinstry so he's another stock up guy and can i just 30 seconds i want to say yeah. stock up on one other guy i watched him saturday night i was like this guy's pretty fast troy franklin Right, you just running away from people, and I'm like, DP, what are we doing? I'm like, this, like, and then he's what six two, six three, long stride, right? And that's why I say you get that kind of Devonte Smith s type feel to it with the stride mm-hmm. length and everything. But I don't know, he may be more explosive, and I, I don't. Yeah, he's, he's got that, some. I, he's got the body type of like Devonta Smith with some yeah. Deshaun Jackson type of speed. Like he's, he's really good. fast. Yeah, and, and he's just flat out separated from people, man. You watched him against that defense, which. At this point, it's not difficult to do, but you still look at the athletic profile and go with that. But DP, I know there's a stock down guy we want to get into. Let's let's get into that. You know, Keith, I I, I own this because you know, and we don't even like doing this. We don't like doing. I, I don't, but you know, I I, I coined. I said the phrase. Uh, it, you know how they said, you know, what was the name of the movie back in the day? Like you couldn't look in the mirror and say uh, Candyman. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't say it in the mirror, right? Like I said that you was back. That's the that's the equivalent yeah, of saying Candyman in the movie. And it's Tyler Van Dyke. The, the, <laughs> the stock is absolutely like it's not even just down key, it's just plummeted, man. And it's like he, he was benched this weekend to start the game. Uh the young, the young uh quarterback who looked good in that game, right? Uh, and hey, that game was very competitive. Shot to their defense, not you know, allowing them to get uh you know railroaded and just demolished by uh by Florida State. And that high octane offense, man. But you know, when the young quarterback went out, I think he got ended up getting concussed. Uh, you know, I think a head injury or whatever. And it didn't look it, it definitely didn't look good. And then Tyler Van Dyke comes in, and the game is like it's like three minutes left, I believe. And the game, they're only down a touchdown. And he rolls out to his right, throws back across his body, and throws an interception. And I was like, Why is this such a Tyler Van Dyke type of thing? You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah. You know, you you called him out. You know, you you actually called him out on the way you at statement uh segment on Friday. You was like Tyler Van Dyke, where you at? And then he told us where he was at on the bench where he belonged. Because this is this is just not good, man. And you, a guy that that what was it the twenty twenty one season? He was so good, Keith, so good that year. Twenty five. And, and we have not seen it yet since twenty five touchdowns and six interceptions, DP. And I talked about it in the context of. And this is what I thought was weird, was that I don't know if the Miami coaching staff, because in, in context, and I, how many, we, we have a couple minutes to have this conversation yeah. real quick. In context, DP, when you bench a guy, you've plummeted his draft stock, right? And what I'm saying is that if the reason I chose him for make the statement, DP, is that his, number was, his numbers aren't horrible. He was sitting at 66% passing, right? 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. But it was the turnovers with the interceptions, right? And then that's why they benched him. 
And obviously he came in the game and he turned the football over. But when you look at the passing yards, the touchdowns, things like that, it wasn't that bad, right? Compared to the year before where he only had, he finished the season with 1,800 yards and only 10 touchdowns. So this year he had 16 touchdowns and 2,000 yards. So it's just, you know what I'm saying? I was like, when I seen that, I'm like, man, that's tough, right? And when he got in the game, DP, you know what it was? It was a, it, it was him trying to win his spot back. He, he was trying to he was trying to get his spot back. He was trying to play hero ball and win his spot back because that's that's textbook, right? And people that are 10 years old know you don't throw across your body because announcers tell you that all the time, right? Like that's one thing they say, don't throw across your body in the middle of the field, right? That's something mm-hmm. if you watch any football game, you're going to hear. And that's exactly what he did, man. I, I just thought it was tough. And I'm with you. The draft stock has to be down. Because you don't even know if he's the starter anymore. So I, I don't what where do you move forward with this, right? And be, it's gonna be an interesting case study, DP. And, and what I like is that we do is we talk about this stock up, stock down, stuff like that, but we also talk about situations, right? Just how we just had the conversation with DJU when everybody was off with DJU was the worst quarterback in the world, right? It was like, mm-hmm. well, we're gonna kind of diagnose this situation. So I'm with you. Let's press the stock down button, right? Smash it because that's just what it is. We don't even know if he's the starter, but I'm gonna jump into the film because I want to see what is what, going what, on, right? Like at the end of the day. No, 100 percent Keith, you know, like talk about the context. Last two years, 2021, 2022, he had 11 total interceptions in 2023 alone. He got 12. So it's just, it's not good. And I think he was a red, he had his freshman year, he was red shirted in 2020. So he has that red shirt senior eligibility. Could he be somebody that returns to school and into the transfer portal? There's a, there's an opportunity for him that he goes to a better offense, like a Bo Nix, like DJU, something that's more suited for him. And then he gets that confidence back and then he's playing good football and writes the ship. But right now, stock is down. Yep, I think that's what's going to happen with DP. Let's keep this thing going. Let's keep it flowing. Wait, hold on. I messed that up. Coach DP, Coach K, let's keep this thing going. Let's keep this thing flowing, man. We're about to hand out our game balls, and I told you, we had two SEC records broken on Saturday. So I'm going to give you a little hint. It's probably going to be some SEC players that get this game ball. Coming up next. Continue to score this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because, guys, right now, brand new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I'm going to repeat that. Brand new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, first things first, why are you still thinking about it? Go do it. Secondly, there's no better time or place to get in on all of the action, okay? This app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off or continue to kick off the NFL season. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and continue to kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Coach K, who... Get who gets your game ball from week 11 in college football? DP, you introduce me every show and you say Mr. LSU, right? Mm-hmm. And if you watch any semblance of football Saturday night, you know where I'm going with this game ball, and that is to LSU quarterback <laughs> Jaden Daniels put himself back in the Heisman race. And this is what he's doing, DP. He's defying the odds, right? And, and I'm gonna say defying the odds, right? Because Usually when we've seen these Heisman races, right, up, especially of recently, it's been guys that 
went undefeated, right? You got to play in a conference championship game, right? You got to, you know, be in a in a college football playoff conversation. And Jaden Daniels, to be completely honest, him and LSU are totally out of it, right? Like they're, they're no conference championship, no college football playoff, right? So he has to defy the odds as far as going against the grain. And you look at it, 372 yards passing, 234 yards rushing the football changed the game every single time you felt like every time he touched the football it was going to be a touchdown right it was going to be a big play it was going to be explosive play you felt like there were no there was nobody or nothing that that Florida defense could do about Jaden Daniels and the conversation I want to have DP is that people and I was people would be reluctant to move him up in the draft right because you're looking at the rushing and i think that people are looking at it like this i've seen this before marcus mariota i've seen this before this could be lamar jackson and people are stuck right in the middle of that and like i said people could be myself right <laughs> i'm trying to figure out which one is this but the the nfl profile and what he is in the nfl we're going to get to that part, right? This is the locked NFL draft. We're going to get to that part. But you're talking about the Heisman race. He definitely deserves to be in the Heisman race, DP, and that's why he gets my game ball also. No, I, I'm with you on that, Keith, because what he, you know, I, I texted you, you know, we was in the text message last night. While the game was going on, it was just like, all right, I, I see the Lamar Jackson stuff that people talk about, right? Like being able to to – burst and, and that 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 change of direction ability and open field the slipperiness the elusiveness but the speed right the first long touchdown run he had right and i didn't think he was going to go the distance yeah. and i'm watching the like athletic sec dbs struggle to stay in phase in a foot race as he's pulling away and i'm like okay yeah, his speed is different then you see the arm, the arm talent we talk about, the, the touch and accuracy, the arc on the passes down the field. Because even DP, I, asked, I, I tweeted it out right, and I was like, you know, after he had the long run, I'm like, hey, what, what round are we taking Jane Daniels right. in, right? And people were like, can he throw? Like, you know, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is that the context is going to be like, this is going to, I'm telling you, the Jane Daniels conversation is going to be an interesting case study, man, because I think some people, go, like I said, people are going to look at it and say, I've seen this. It's called Marcus Mariota. There's some people say, I've seen this. I'm telling you, this is Lamar Jackson. So I can't wait to have this conversation. But like we say, college football in the moment, Jaden Daniels, Heisman race definitely deserves yeah, I, to I, be I don't in care it. that they have three losses. That's because the defense couldn't stop and, a nosebleed. And DP, I, I, ESPN did a great job, right? I'm not sure what contract, if they support LSU was going <laughs> on, but they did a great job with the graphic. They put that graphic up probably about 10 times of former Heisman quarterbacks that won – uh, they won the Heisman with three losses, right? I think it was with Lamar Jackson, Tim Tebow, and I'm missing somebody. I'm, I, I, I forgot. I know the graph you told me. I can't they, remember the player. They, they ran I it 10 times. DP. They played it. They showed it 10 different times. I'm glad. <laughs> Set it in the mind of the folder. Set it in the mind of fans. <laughs> that this young man, because to me, the Heisman should be just like the NFL MVP. Most valuable player. If you take Jaden Daniels off this team, where are they? They might have three wins. They Ooh, might. Bayou Country going to be mad with you on DP. Listen, I'm just calling this fan. That defense gives up 40 a week. They might have three wins. So Jaden Daniels, as much as I love Michael Penix, you know, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., same thing. Bo Nix balling out, man. Th this young man is truly the most valuable player in college football, in my opinion, Keith. But we talk about value, right? We know this position in the NFL doesn't like to be valued, Keith. But I got to go. 
like you said, NCC, another record broken. Cody Schrader, five foot eight with 214 pounds, that kind of Ray Rice type of build, Keith, versus Tennessee. This young man was their leading rusher and receiver. And I'm talking 200 yards plus rushing, a little over 100 yards receiving, 40 total touches. An NFL workload, 40 total touches, 321 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. This young man is just playing dominant football. Coming from, what was it, uh, I think Truman State, a Division II school, a D2 school last year, where he ran for over 2,000. And right now, Keith, guys, he's over 1,100 off 197 carries. He's averaging close to six yards per carry right now, coming off of three consecutive games. Uh, South Carolina, 26 carries, 159 and two touchdowns. Georgia, 22 carries, 112 and a touchdown. And then this, like I said, against uh, Tennessee, 35 carries, 205. Uh, you know, six yards per carry and a rushing touchdown. And then five catches for 116. Uh, you know what I mean? And it just just uh, outstanding performance. You're talking about putting the team on your back. Right, yeah. putting you, especially with Joe Milton playing better football, stuff like that. This offense is still a threat if you do not corral them early in games. He still can make a lot of the plays in terms of Joe Milton at Tennessee at the quarterback position. But Cody Schrader said, "Nah, we're not losing." You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna put this team on my back. We're gonna stay in scoring position and we're gonna keep momentum going. So this young man definitely deserves Coach DP's game ball of the week. DP, fire up the um, the Danny Woodhead, the Austin Eckler. Fire oh, up yeah. The, yeah. Fire up the comp. They, they're coming, right? D2, oh, they're on D3. the way. Yeah, D2, D3 guy, right? They can catch the ball out of the backfield, do multiple things. He can run the football. Fire up those comparisons because we know they're coming, right? So, I, DP, I, I appreciate you highlighted Cody Strader because he came out of nowhere, right? And this is Missouri offense that's explosive. And I don't even remember, DP, I don't know if you have the stats up. With the LSU game, because that's the last time I watched Missouri was when they played LSU. Um, and I don't even know if he had that big of an impact in that game. I don't even know uh, how many. 13 carries, 114, and three touchdowns. Okay, well, I was wrong. I was wrong. I couldn't remember if it was him or not. I didn't know if he was the guy that was the running back that kind of yeah. jumped off the screen mm-hmm. because I, I didn't feel like at that time watching that game, right, that they kind of went through him. Because when you get 40 carries in a game, the offense is going through you, right? But like you say, he had 13 touches in the LSU game, which means that he probably could have had more and deserved more. But this offense is evolving, man. But I, I DP, I, I really like the, the Cody Schrader. Have to check him out. You know, Missouri football, man, they have Luther Burton, Brady Cook. He's probably going to come back. They're, they're going to be a threat next year, too, because I think mm-hmm. they were top 15, potential top 10 team, and they were turning some really key pieces. So Missouri is definitely going to be a – um a key factor going into next year. But DP talking about key factors, key factors in the NFL draft community is this locked on NFL draft podcast, the best draft podcast there is out there, man. I want to say shout out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping into the locked on NFL draft podcast, man. Y'all tapping with us every single day, man. You can find me Keith Sanchez on X at the talent code, man. You can find DP Damian Parsons on X at DP underscore NFL, man. Make sure y'all talk to us because we like to talk back. 
Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Thank you all for making Locked on NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Shout out for being our everydayers on tomorrow's show. You already know we're recapping the NFL what we a rookie report. Coach DP and Coach K will be back with the game balls, and we're going to see what we have learned and how it impacts the uh, NFL Draft from the NFL this weekend. So, guys, listen, as always, thank you all so much for joining us. And always tap in with your boys, all right? Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.